Good morning, my friends, and welcome to another moment, a Black History Moment with Bo. And I hope this day finds your life exactly where you want it to be. And if by some chance it is not, remember this, joy comes in the morning. I might not know what the key to success is, but I do know the key to failure is trying to please everybody. And that is something that cannot, cannot be done. But what can be done is taking a moment to slip into darkness You know, many of America's historical public figures were colorblind to blackness and became slaveholders themselves. Although slaveholding was greatest amongst employees at the lowest level of government, the highest levels of leadership did their share of setting the tone for enslavement. For example, 11 of 16 U.S. presidents, 17 of the members of the U.S. Congress, 14 of 19 U.S. Attorney Generals, 21 of 33 Speakers of the U.S. House of Representatives, and 80 of the 134 high-level representatives in the U.S. Foreign Service had been or were slaveholders. And all of the U.S. presidents from Washington through Jackson, except for John Adams, were slave owners. Popular leadership was willing to use the language of freedom and liberty or even willing to fight the war against tyranny, but they were unwilling to abolish slavery or racial inequality in America. William Penn, like many other abolitionists, invested heavily in the international slave trade through the middle of the 18th century. It is obvious that profits overwhelmed humanitarian concern and racial justice. But at least one, a spouse, disagreed with her slave-holding husband, who was an extremely visible and popular slaveholder. Abigail Adams wrote to her husband, John, in 1774 and expressed... I wish that there was not a black slave in the Providence. It always appeared the most hideous scheme to me to fight for what we are daily robbing and plundering from those who have as good a right to freedom as we have. Her husband, John Adams, answered her letter stating that 
there was no rational explanation for the inconsistencies except that most white slave owners needed their free labor and the profit that it produced. Thomas Jefferson, the hypocrite, considered black Americans inherently inferior to whites, but that did not extend to American Indians. Jefferson was willing to contemplate white Indian amalgamation. Speaking of the Indians in 1803, he said, we shall probably find that they are formed in mind as well as in body on the same model with the homo sapien Europeans. In truth, the ultimate point of rest and happiness for them is to let our settlements and theirs meet and blend together, to intermix and become one people. At the same time, he left his own children to die as slaves. The following advertisement was run in a Richmond newspaper. Notice, 32 Negroes will be offered for sale on Monday, November the 10th at 12 o'clock, being the entire stock of the late John Graves Esquire. The Negroes are in good condition some of them very prime. Among them are several mechanics, able-bodied field hands, plowboys, and women with children at the breast. And some of them are very prolific in their generating qualities, affording a rare opportunity to anyone who wishes to raise a strong and healthy lot of servants for their own use. Also, several mulatto girls of rare personal qualities, two of them are superior. Any gentleman or lady willing to purchase can take any of the above slaves on trial for a week for which no charge will be made. Amongst the slaves being sold, two were President Jefferson's mulatto daughters. He approved of the two girls being advertised as superior for their breeding. Worse still, Jefferson allowed them to be sold off into prostitution as mistresses. So there you have it, friends. Thomas Jefferson, a hypocrite, one of the principal authors of the Declaration of Independence, owned over 600 slaves in his lifetime, 400 of them being held at Monticello and 200 of them at his other properties. And he was not the worst. Woodrow Wilson was the most racist president this country has ever seen.
And that's why Ida B. Wells did not stand a chance when she went to him about injustice for blacks. But Wilson needed the black vote to win the presidential election in 1912. In a statement to blacks, Wilson said he wished to see justice done to the colored people in every matter, and not just mere justice, but justice with liberty and cordial good feelings. Wilson further stated, I want to assure them, the Negroes, that should I become president of the United States, they may count on me for absolute fair dealings for everything by which I could assist in advancing the interests of their race in the United States. With such a public pronouncement, black leaders abandoned the Republican Party and rushed to support Wilson. W.E.B. DeBose was one of the first to champion Wilson's candidacy. He was followed by Booker T. Washington, the NAACP, the Negro Independence League, and the Colored National Democratic League. Black Americans responded to their leadership and gave Wilson their votes. Their 100,000 votes put Wilson over the top and into the White House. And we were duped, hoodwinked. Because after Wilson won the election, Congress drafted and sent to the president for his approval the greatest flood of new laws that discriminated against blacks that had ever been introduced by the United States Congress. The proposed laws advocated segregation on public carriers in hotels and workplaces, and total exclusion of blacks from military and federal jobs. President Wilson thumbed his nose at black people and approved all of the proposed laws that propelled black people backwards. Conditions became unbearable in the South and that triggered the great migration of blacks from the south to the large urban cities of the north between 1920 and 1930. Wilson encouraged the rigid maintenance of Jim Crow segregation in every department of federal government. In offices that traditionally hired blacks, the jobs were given to deserving white Democrats, and blacks were fired and were not allowed to compete economically. Throughout the South, abuse escalated. Lynching skyrocketed. Blacks, as well as their crops, were burned. Their animal stock poisoned and kerosene doused on their cotton. The, the little power or voice that blacks had was stripped from them. 
all sorts of schemes kept them from voting or having their cries of pain heard, while his black supporters were being killed and abused. President Wilson failed to issue a single word in their defense. Like so many great white leaders before him, President Wilson became just another great deceiver. So there you have it, my friends. Another liar and another hypocrite. Why do we always seek trust in the wrong places? In school, you're taught a lesson and then given a test. In life, you're given a test that teaches us a lesson. We may not have come over on the same ship, but we are all in the same boat. Until next time, my friends. It has been my honor.